Good morning, everyone. <laughs> um, that is um, the problem with technology. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you have to push it harder. It's good to be here this morning, and I want to welcome each and every one of you. It's really an honor this morning, Pastor Bank, our settlement, Lady Pastor Sharon, to give me the opportunity to share with you on such um, a glorious day. Um, let me begin by appreciating all the fathers in the congregation, congregation, but also the entire ministry um, for a job well done as fathers. I want to congratulate you for um, yet another year of what I will call a rigorous, uh, yet very joyful role as a father. You came through neither unscathed, nor did you cause some irreparable damage to your children and family, those that God has placed under your care. But even if that happened, even if you had made some wrong choices, and as a result, you placed your family, your children in danger, you had some damage, we have someone who does a very good damage control. And that is God, our Father. And because he's our Heavenly Father, by his grace, he says that my grace is sufficient. And therefore, every situation that may have happened in your family, the Lord himself, who is our ultimate Father, he has made the situation right. Amen? I also want to congratulate the mothers and the children for their supporting role and cooperating with the fathers to make their job doable. There are other fathers who are here with us, and I want to appreciate them. And these are men who have taken on the responsibility of mentoring and providing fatherly care to a child or children that do not even belong to them. And these children, unfortunately, are victims of fatherlessness, either because their fathers are no longer alive, or some, though still alive, have neglected their fatherly responsibility to the detriment of the children. Yet, these children are in desperate need of a father figure in their lives. And I want to thank them, I want to congratulate them this morning as well. There are also single mothers who have been forced to take on the fatherly role in addition to being mothers. We have a number of such women in this congregation this morning. I really want to thank God for your lives. I want to thank God for your sacrifices and indeed your labor of love that can never go unrewarded. I join the others also in wishing all fathers and their families a very joyous Father's Day celebration. And yours truly, I humbly share in this joy. Now to my message. And this morning, I want to be sharing very, very briefly, because of the time that I have, briefly on a, on a, uh, a message I titled, A Charge to the Fathers. A Charge to the Fathers. And in doing this, I will first of all remind us of the role that God has given us to be fathers. And then I'm going to follow that up with a personal charge to us all as fathers. Let us pray. 
Father, thank you for you are the ultimate father. You are the father who has loved us with an everlasting love. You've shown this love unto us. Help us, Lord, to receive your love and to walk out that which you have placed in us. We give you praise. I stand, Heavenly Father, as a vessel in your hands. Use me as you wish. And let me be that which you have ordained me to be this morning, a spokesman of your word. To your glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. And we read verses 18 to 20. Genesis 18, verses 18 to 20 says, Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Go on. For I have known him, verse 19, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the ways of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And I take that from the message version. It says, yes, I have settled on him settled on him as he want to train his children and future family to observe God's way of life, live kindly and generously and fairly so that God can complete in Abraham what he promised. My New Testament um, uh, text is Ephesians 6, 4. Ephesians 6, verse 4. Give it to me in NASB, the American Standard Bible, please. It says, fathers, same would be fathers. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Give it to me in the message. Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. He says, take them by the hand. Lead them in the way of the master. Now, before I spend a little time on these two passages, I want to make some general comments about fatherhood. Fatherhood is very important to God. As a matter of fact, when I was preparing for this study, when I did a little, bit, a little research in the Bible, I saw that the word father and the related terms occurs about 1,200 times in the Bible. And also remember that God, in the Godhead, the father is one of the persons in the Godhead. He is our ultimate father. He is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants us to know that he is our father. He's the father who loves us with an unconditional love. He upholds us, he protects us, and he nourishes us as his beloved children. And as a father, God wants us to know that he wants many children. Every father wants that. He wants many children, and for each of them, for each of us, to be like him, both in nature and in character. This has always been God's intention right from creation. And he has never deviated from that. In fact, the entire Bible 
is focused on explaining how God accomplished that purpose. Secondly, fatherhood is a blessing and a charge from God. And to appreciate the value of this blessing, one needs to understand what a privilege it is that we have as men to partner with God in procreation. That is having the ability to serve and to nurture another human being, God's creation. God in his infinite wisdom and grace, he chose humans to be the vessel that he will use to populate the earth, to populate the earth with other humans made in his own image and likeness. And we see this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, and we are not going to read that, but it says that God blessed them, speaking of males and females that were made in the image of God. He said, God blessed them and said to them, have many children and grow in number. In other words, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and be its master. So now let's go back to our Genesis 28 passage. This passage is talking about Abraham, Father Abraham. Here we see that God revealed his plan about Abraham. And it is not by intention to explore the entire life of Pa Abraham as a father. But I chose this passage because it captures, it captures the essence of my message. And that is the charge or the role that we as fathers are to play in our families. And also God's purpose in the endeavor. Because when God gives us an assignment, there is always a purpose. It is his glory. It is his glory that he is looking for. So we see in the passage that not only was Abraham favored with the gift of fatherhood, but he was also charged with some responsibilities. And these responsibilities include, number one, to train his children and future families. To train his children and future families. And how was he to train them? For what purpose? It was so that they will observe God's way of life. To live kindly, to live generously, and to live fairly. Why? Here is God's purpose. So that God himself can complete in Abraham what he promised him. So you see the charge, it starts with the gift, and then the charge. And then God's purpose in that church. So let's begin with the promise that is referenced in that passage. Earlier in Genesis chapter 12, God spoke about Abraham. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make you famous. You will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I'll curse all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And I was looking at this passage. It occurred to me that Abraham, the first two letters of that word Abraham is the word Ab, which in Hebrew means father. Therefore, Abraham's destiny was already embedded in his birth name. God changed his name from Abraham, which means father, into Abraham which means the father of multitude or the father of nations. God was faithful. 
And indeed, Abraham is the father of the Jews. Not only is he the father of the Jews, but he's also the father of the faithful. And furthermore, God's purpose in giving Abraham, giving to Abraham children was not only to bless him with children or to make him a great nation, but most importantly, to bless all the families of the earth through him. So the latter part of that promise, which was all the families of the earth will be blessed through you, that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Because by birth, he was a Jew by birth. And not only was he a Jew, but he was a descendant of Abraham. And of course, through his redemptive work on the cross, he saved all mankind. So that was a blessing that God spoke concerning Abraham. Now, very quickly, what principle can we derive from this passage? And the fact that you and I, our fathers, is to fulfill God's purpose. It is not just that we will be blessed with children, but that we shall be a blessing to our generation through them. And furthermore, as we train our children to become God-fearing, responsible men and women, we are partnering with God to expand his kingdom on earth and bring many sons into glory. I don't have time to break that down, but if you read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, you see that God's purpose, God's plan is to bring many children into glory. This is God's overarching plan for us all. Now, how about the charge that God gave to Abraham to train his children? Let me break that down a little bit. I want to briefly remind us of the role that fathers should play in the lives of their children. Now, I received some insight on the implication of the phrase to train when I looked up the meaning of the word father in Greek language. Now, the Greek equivalent of the word father is the word peter. Peter. Now, the root of that word signifies three characteristics. One is upholder, two, a protector, and three, a nourisher. So the root of the word pater, which we translate in English, father, the root of that word has those three qualities, an upholder, a protector, and a nourisher. So, our role as fathers that God has given us is number one, to nourish, to uphold, and to protect our children, indeed, our family members. Amen? Briefly, let me talk about those three characteristics. Uphold. What uphold means to elevate, to elevate. It also means to uplift and to support. So one of our responsibilities as fathers must be to elevate our children. Paul says in Ephesians 6, 4, he says, bring up the children, not bring them down, but bring them up. And we can do this very quickly through affirmation. We affirm our children. You affirm them, you praise them when they perform well, 
When they don't perform well, you encourage them. You have to criticize them when they fail in their performance, do so constructively. As a rule, I call this the affirmation sandwich. In other words, for every, every statement of correction that you give to your children, let there be two statements of affirmation. In other words, your correction should be sandwiched between affirmations. Be careful not to overbrag on them in their presence, otherwise they become proud and think that they are better than everyone else. This is superiority complex. A father must support his children. Very important aspect of upholding our children is praying for them. So you lift them up before the Lord. A father also protects. Protection. That is the father's responsibility. God has equipped us as fathers to protect members of our families. He has, he's, he's depending on us as his resource. God is his source, but he's using us as a resource to carry out this task. Apart from protecting them against physical harm, harm it will also protect them from the ungodly world thoughts that are out there. We should be interested in the friends that our children have to protect them from being infected by wrong thinking and values from which will always develop crippled emotions and destructive habits. Time is running. A very common trauma I have found in children that children face in their early life is that of sexual abuse. Father can protect his daughters and sons from this trauma through godly teaching on sexuality and advising on the kind of friends they keep. Teach them about sex sexuality from eight to 10 years old. Don't think they are too young. They can learn because if they don't learn from you, they're gonna learn from outside and from the wrong source and that will result in trauma. Model for your daughters how men should treat them so that they will not become dormites and victims of abuse from the men in their lives. And then for the boys, model how women, how they should treat women as you relate with their mothers and that's your wife. So they will learn how to love and respect women. This way you protect them from becoming abusers. But above all else, pray for God's protection on, on them. Nourish. Nourish, this word means to nurture and to sustain. I used to think that the word nurture has only to do with women. But here, that word actually is meant for the fathers. One of God's name, remember, is Jehovah El Shaddai. It references the nurturing perfection of, of God. The father provides the necessary things of life to sustain the family, such as food, clothing, and shelter. He nurtures the children through proper education, godly training, and discipline. I cannot overemphasize the importance of discipline. Your children need it because that is the way of life. We are fathers have failed in this duty. The outcome is always disastrous, both to the children and to the parents.
don't have time to give us examples in the Bible, but just remember Eli and his two sons, King David and his children, Absalom, and the rest of them. You must lead your children to have a personal relationship with Christ. Teach them about grace. Specifically, teach them about who they are in Christ, how to exercise faith in God, and how to embrace their worth in Christ and live out, out of the fountain of indwelling Christ's life. Now, because of time, I'm going to run through my charge to the fathers. Uh, when I was preparing this message, I was inspired in this direction. I was inspired in this direction. And it was the charge to us as fathers. I watched a movie uh, titled Out, um, Courageous. How many have seen that movie? Courageous? Courageous. Thank you. This is actually a story about four law enforcement officers. Uh, who saw firsthand the adverse consequences of fatherlessness in homes. Because most of the crimes, most of the uh, uh, people that were involved in crimes were from fatherless homes. And so they decided to do something about it. And how did they do this? They came up with 11 resolutions. 11 res resolutions that had to do with how they are to live their lives how they are to be fathers God, that God has called them uh, to be as examples for other men to, to follow. And I'm not going to bother you with those resolutions, but I'm going to read. I'm going to read the closing statements of the lead actor in this movie. Now, these are not my words. I'm just going to read some excerpts from what he said. He says, how crucial is your role as a father to your children? As a question. I have asked God to show me through his word how to be a father I need to be. And I believe that God desires for every father to courageously step up and do whatever it takes to be involved in the lives of your children. But more than providing for them is to walk with them through their young lives and be a visual representation of the character of God, our Father in heaven. Fathers should love his children and seek to win their hearts. He should protect them, discipline them, and teach them about God. He should model how to walk with integrity and treat others with respect. He should call out his children to become responsible men and women who live their lives for what matters in eternity. Some men will hear this and mock it or ignore it. But I tell you that as a father, you are accountable to God for the position of influence he has given you. You can't fall asleep with the wheel only to wake up one day to find that your job or your hobbies have no eternal values but the souls of your children. Some men will hear this and agree with it but have no resolve to live it out. Instead, they will live for themselves and waste the opportunity to leave a legacy for the next generation. Hear me? This is not an indictment on the fathers. 
But there are some men who, regardless of the mistakes we've made in the past, regardless of what our fathers did or did not do for us, will give strength of our arms and the rest of our lives to loving God with all that we are and to teach our, our children to do the same. Whenever possible, to love and mentor others who have no fathers in their lives, but who desperately need help and direction. We are inviting any man whose heart is willing and courageous to join us in this resolution. By whom the decision has already been made. I don't have to ask who will guide my family because by God's grace, I will. I don't have to ask who will teach my family because by God's grace, I will. I don't have to ask who will teach my son to follow Christ because I will. Who will accept the responsibility of guiding, providing, and protecting my family? I will. Who will ask God to break the chain of destructive patterns in my family's history? I will. Who will pray for them and bless them to boldly pursue whatever God has called them to do? I will. I am their father and I will accept these responsibilities and it is my privilege to embrace them. I want the favor of God and his blessings on my children and home. Any good father does. So where are you men of courage? Where are you fathers who fear the Lord? It is time to rise up and answer the call God has given unto you and to say, I will, I will, I will. Let us pray. Father, thank you for far away from you. We give you praise, Father. That as fathers, you have equipped us. You've given us a grace. You've given us a willingness. Help us by your spirit that we will step up, be courageous to take on that responsibility. We are reminded that responsibility means responding to your ability. Your ability is in us. Teach us to respond appropriately. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.